Support for Switched On Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you need more of my friend Sam Sanders in your life, then you'll want to check out his new pod called VibeCheck. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture, from foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup. Every Wednesday, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. It's like your favorite group chat come to life. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan, and I'm a simple man. I see funky music, I click. And that's what happened back in 2018 when I spotted a YouTube video thumbnail with the title... Say a little prayer, Aretha Franklin funk cover featuring Kenton Chen. I was immediately taken by the way this cover infused the original with syncopation and backbeat and racked up millions of views in the process. And I've been a fan of the band behind the cover, Scary Pockets, ever since. Each week, they post delicious funk covers to YouTube, featuring a rotating band of studio musicians and highlighting new lead singers on most tracks. And what's most amazing, they create each cover in just 90 minutes. So fast forward four years and almost 200 covers later, and I reached out to Scary Pockets leaders, guitarist Ryan Lerman and keyboardist Jack Conti to see if our producer Rihanna and I could tag along and watch them make one of their funk arrangements. In June 2022, we brought our microphones to a studio in Hollywood to document the Scary Pockets process with the Bee Gees classic Staying Alive as the song of the moment. Well, you can't tell The first thing we learned was that they create their covers on the fly in real time, going from nothing to a final recording in about 90 minutes. And as usual, they had assembled a coterie of top shelf musicians who were up to this challenging task. There was singer-songwriter Lizzie McAlpine on lead vocals. Sophia James and Ariel Kaznitz on background vocals. Travis Carlton on bass, Will Grafe on guitar, RJ Kelly on drums, and Scary Pockets leaders, Ryan on guitar, and Jack on keys. Later on, I called those last two up to get them to explain what Rihanna and I had just witnessed. And I started by asking about the way that the session started. I need you to like band the play stuff. Right? The very first thing that happened in this session was that Ryan did a count off. And this struck me because I thought there would be like some conversation, kind of touching base, figuring out a plan. But instead, Ryan, you just counted to four. RJ started to groove. Do you start a lot of Scary Pockets sessions like that? Most sessions start with Jack and I sort of seeing what the moment gives us. We're trying to capture lightning in a bottle. And so I feel like 
most of these sessions, we're just trying to wait for the spark and then cultivate it. So the most natural way for that to happen is someone will just start playing something. And so we try to leave room for that to happen by not coming right out of the gate with an idea or telling people what to do. So a drummer will start playing something or a bass player will start playing something. And if Jack and I will get excited and point at him, scream, yes. And <laughs> and we'll try to to follow that and see where that leads us. I think that's a usual starting place. Would you would you agree, Jack? Yeah, I, I I mean, one of the things we try to do too, I think, is there's always a balance of like being prescriptive, but then like drawing like creativity out of the group because the people in the room are the literally like some of the best musicians in the world. <laughs> and mm. so, you know, you want to build an environment where people can get their ideas out and get them out quickly. And most of the time I found starting with anything is kind of the trick. Like just making sound is step one. Mm. <laughs> and so it's like, all right, let's make some noise together. And honestly, most of the time in that first bit of noise that we make together, there's some element of that that we find inspiring. And then we chase that rabbit until we have an arrangement. So when you walk into the studio, you have nothing prepared except, I guess, the song itself. And sometimes not even that. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes we change songs because we get there and the singer's like, ah, I really just am not feeling this one. Or, you know, it's in the wrong key and we have to change key and then we change it and then we realize, ugh, this isn't working. Let's switch songs. So yeah, sometimes we don't even have, we don't even know what song we're going to do. In the case of this track, Staying Alive, do you remember how you selected this particular Bee Gees track? Yeah, so our song selection process has been evolving as of late, but traditionally it's a conversation between the singer and I where I'll tell them we try to do songs that everybody knows that aren't already funky. Mm. Now, in this case, the first part of that sentence outweighed the second part of that sentence. Because Staying Alive is a tremendously funky song to begin with, yeah. I mean, the whole point of doing a cover is you're taking something that everybody knows and changing it. And if they don't already know the song, you lose your context. Mm -hmm. Then it's just, you it might as well be an original. So that's always the place I like to start from. We've toyed with that over the years. And sometimes if I, if I just love a song like Arrow Through Me. Paul McCartney and Wings. And we have someone like Madison Cunningham. I just want to hear her sing that song that I love. You couldn't have done a worse thing to me If you'd taken an arrow and put it right through me Ooh, ooh, baby But more often than not, if we can find something like Staying Alive or I Will Survive or Yesterday, you know, songs people know just from the title. And especially, I, we try and make our versions as different as possible from the originals in order to just be as creative is possible. If the original song has a guy singer, we'll try to get a girl to sing it. Mm. We'll often change the, the meter or, you know, make it half time or double time. So with this song, yeah, Lizzie singing 
staying alive just popped into my head after some back and forth. And so I, uh, I proposed it to her and, and she was down. You're taking this intimately familiar song and you're transforming it. And the first thing that happens seems to be you establish a groove. And in this case, you're replacing the disco groove of the original with this kind of loping, laid back funk groove. And as we were watching you work, I think the next thing that happened is that y'all turned to the harmonies of the song and began reharmonizing those. We have a couple of guiding principles that we tend to lean on, which is fun, funky, and simple. Mm. And that sound, that sort of guided what's resulted in the harmony that we tend to use, which is not a lot of extensions, not a lot of Mm. seventh chords. We tend to be as simple and as triadic as possible. We can start with A minor. No, I like the D, I like the C, D, B, C. And then we go. And can, I, I got to point out, part of the reason we set these guidelines for ourselves is because it goes against our nature. <laughs> like both Ryan and I are harmony guys. Mm. Like we love harmony. We love thick textures and extensions. Complicated chords. Complicated chords, complicated changes. And we we kind of got together when we were starting Pockets. We were like, what if it was not about that? What if it was just about the feel of the groove? That is it. Let's prioritize what the groove feels Mm. like and not worry about the harmony. For Staying Alive, you transformed the harmonies of the original. To something to me that sounds uh, a little more vague, even kind of introspective. Ryan, in that moment you say, we're very much in these chords today. We're very much in these chords today. This is like the new new Pockets vibe. What did that mean? One, two. I feel like, for whatever reason, I feel like we were sort of in like a Parcels mood that day. Parcels, the contemporary Australian funk band. And we were using those, like the, the chords you just played, I think are four, five, three, four and we seem to be in that sort of zone so yeah we i think a few of the other songs we arranged that day ended up having 
similar colors using similar chords. I think that's why I said that. I think one of the things about pockets is like a lot of the melodies that we end up, you know, using in the sessions and and that the melodies of the songs that we end up choosing are going to be pretty simple melodies Mm. a lot of the time. They're like big pop songs that everybody knows they're easy to sing. And one of the like great joys of a of a simple melody is you can put a lot of different chords under it (laughs) and it really changes what the melody sounds like. You know, I'm I'm a terrible singer, but I'm going to I'm just going to open up my my keyboard here for a second. If, if your melody is da, 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 you know, you can play da, 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 and that can, you can just play the one or you can play da, 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 and that totally changes the vibe or you can play da, 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 and those are like completely different chords, completely different feelings, all with the same melody. And so pockets will often experiment with like a couple different sets of chords underneath the melody. And it changes the way it feels. This is exciting. Support for Switched On Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you were an Intuit fan and you are missing Sam Sanders, then have no fear. He's back with another great pod called VibeCheck. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture. From Elon Musk and foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup to Usher's Super Bowl halftime show, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. They're currently doing a series called Hey Sis, where they're highlighting the compelling stories of black women and their achievements. They're being joined by special guests Regina King, Audie Cornish, Raquel Willis, and more. VibeCheck is your favorite group chat come to life. You can join the weekly Kiki every Wednesday. Listen to and follow VibeCheck wherever you get your podcasts. Can't believe Sam made me say Kiki. After you establish this new harmonic palette for the song, you start to move into the arrangement itself. What instrument plays what where? And after a few false starts, you ended up with a riff that seemed to satisfy everyone. The woo of satisfaction. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to ask about that woo. Do, do, does anyone know from whence that woo emanated? That was definitely me. <laughs> I, I was going to say that was me. <laughs> oh, really? Woo! <laughs> Check the tape. <laughs> I'll see who's see who's closer. What does that signify? What's ha- what's happening when you can't? When- Boundless joy. That is that's the sound just, of confirmation that we're on, we're on the right like, track. That's it. Everybody, just do that over and over again because it makes me go woo. Nate, just to back up a little bit, yeah, I remember one interesting thing that happened. But you know, before we even get to um, feel or harmony, is tempo and key. And one mm. interesting thing that happened with this song was unintentionally. I think I had a riff in my head that ended up getting ditched, but we started the song way slower, and I noticed Lizzie seemed uncomfortable with that. Is, is this feeling too slow for you? Yeah. So after giving that idea a shot. I think we kicked the tempo up significantly 
so that it was a bit closer to the original tempo. So yeah, I think in, in terms of order of operations, I would put finding tempo and key sort of first and then groove and then harmony and then the actual nuts and bolts of who's playing what. Hearing that makes me think about how one of the principal dynamics in this arrangement is how your singer Lizzie feels about what's happening around them, right? There, there were certain moments in the arrangement process where I sensed that the band got really excited about some musical choice. And then Lizzie would step in and say, this isn't working for me. I have a question. Yes, Lizzie. Um, <laughs> when are, what beat are you coming in on? Two. Like on the live? Yeah. Okay. Are you hearing it later? Yeah, I'm just hearing it one on. Three? Yeah, because I kind of would like the chord to like. Bring it out first? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Let's do three. On three. Okay. I, c- I don't know where to come in. This is stepping on my vocal. And all that enthusiasm kind of had to get back in the bottle and you had to go back to square one. That is one thing I think I'm still like learning and getting better at over time is like sometimes I get really excited and I plow through because I'm really pumped about a direction and I forget to check in with the rest of the people in the room. That does happen sometimes. But I think it's especially important to check in with the singer because the singer is the one in front of the camera and is like being extremely vulnerable by just sharing their personal vocal cords with us. And the best performances happen when the singer is fucking stoked (laughs) and excited and passionate about what they're doing. If the singer isn't like, doesn't love it, it comes through in the performance. We always try to be extremely sensitive to making sure that they're comfortable because it's tough. Like I'm constantly aware of, like I couldn't do this gig as a singer. They have a very hard job. And especially since, I mean, we work with the best singers in the world, but the best singers in the world are still used to doing three to 10 takes and then getting to comp, Mm. getting to listen and hear back. Okay, how's this working? So to force someone into doing one flawless take when the listener's ear, the viewing public's ear is used to hearing auto-tuned, comped vocals. That's the bar. Ryan, could you explain what you mean when you use the term comp? So normally, when a singer records a vocal, they'll do a bunch of full takes of a song, and then they'll listen back, and they'll get to a word that they don't like, and they'll want to hear other options of what they sang in that spot and other takes. And so comping is the process of compiling the best parts of many different takes. Mm which is not what you do in a Scary Pocket session. A Scary Pocket session, we leave everything in warts and all. Oftentimes, Jack and I have made a mistake, which we'll stay in. And what we've found is that those quote-unquote mistakes often end up becoming our favorite parts of the song Mm. because they're signature to that moment. You know what I mean? They're part of what made that moment unique. There's this wonderful moment in Maxwell Silver's Hammer, the... Paul McCartney song from, I think it's from Abbey Road, Mm -hmm. where you can hear him chuckling as he's singing the lyrics. Yes. So he waits behind, writing 50 times, I must not be so. 
it's such a genuine, fun, lovely chuckle that just warms your heart and makes you feel so good as you're listening to the song. And it was because John Lennon stood up and mooned him from the control room <laughs> and pressed his butt against the glass. Paul was recording vocals and laughed as he was doing this. And it, But the thing is, like, instead of taking that out, George Martin and Jeff Emmerich left that moment in there. And I'm sure Paul wanted to leave it in there too. That's a production choice to leave those moments in there because they elicit a genuine emotional mm. response from the person listening. There was a moment in one of our recordings with Monica Martin where she, she we were covering this Coldplay song and she kind of forgot the lyrics or flubbed them and then just kind of laughed and this nervously. And it's this wonderful moment where it's like you're seeing a real person making music with their friends in a room. And all of the comments in the video were about that moment. <laughs> and people were like, thank you for leaving that moment in there and not taking it out. We have 90 minutes to record a song. We do four songs in a day. This is like truly a record of a moment. Mm. And we are okay with that. I, I think, or at least Ryan and I are okay with that. We're, we're shooting for, let's make this a record of a moment in time, as opposed to let's shift and perfect and sculpt and make this the most perfect thing that anybody's ever heard. Mm. Groove, tempo, key, harmony, arrangement, after about an hour and 15 minutes, we got to what I think is maybe the final step in this process, actually rehearsing everything that you've just come up with on the fly in preparation of putting it down on wax. And at this moment, I was kind of surprised, Jack, to hear you call for something that I hadn't heard since my days in like a middle school jazz band. Hey, you know what I think we should do? Mm. I think we should do sectionals. Tell us what sectionals are and why you asked for, for those at that moment. Yeah, we rarely do those. Usually it doesn't happen. However, when you have three vocalists and the band has been playing the whole time, the vocalists haven't had a chance to like lock in with each other around the new parts and the new harmonies. I think we should go into another room, have the band shed the tune, and let's great. just tighten up all the vocal harmonies. I'll do the band and you go with the girls. Okay, great. Should we go do sectionals? Yeah. Okay. There's an ISO movement there. Is there. <laughs> I think we're going to hear. I think we're going to hear. Yeah. Let's just go into another room and just like just run the vocals a couple times and make sure all the syllables are yeah. nice. Sounds good. Or the same thing happens with horns. If you're working with three horns, the horns sometimes need to get together and decide, wait, when are we breathing? Is it off on four or are we hitting four and then off on the end of four? And those little things can really tighten up a section, like a horn section or a vocal section. They can tighten up a section and make it feel punchy. Yeah, I think when Rihanna and I heard the singers doing these harmonies so clearly and, and sort of in this crystalline way for the first time, I, I think we kind of got goosebumps. I think I actually expressed my amazement multiple times <laughs> in, in the middle of that section. I was like, I can't believe it. It sounded like one voice. It was really bizarre. They are, they are incredible. 
after you've split up into band and vocalists, practiced your parts, practiced as a whole, then you cut the actual performance. So I imagine the final part of this process must be selecting which of those takes is the one that you're going to put out into the world. What does that process look like? It's normally the one with the, the most woos after it. <laughs> you have a woo meter? It's normally the one where when the take finishes, one of us goes, that's the one. That was it. That was it. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. It's normally Jack. And then I normally go, no, 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 Jack, that wasn't the one. <laughs> and we normally do one more. Ooh, that was really close. I messed up the words. I got an A minus on that. I think let's just burn one more, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do one more straight in. On selecting the take, th this was complicated at first. I think we, we finally settled into that process a bit, but there is something that in this moment is really important, in the moment of take selection that's really important, which is to put the whole above the self because mm. there's a tendency for any one contributor to be like, that wasn't my best take. I flubbed that chorus and I hit the wrong note, and so we can't use that take. But actually, that was the take where, despite any tr individual trade-offs, the whole thing felt the best and resonated the best and had the most energy and had the most excitement. And so it was hard for me at first to let go of that and to be like, oh, I fucked up the keyboard part in that verse. I, I, I know I can do better than that. Let's do another. But actually, that was the magic take. And so there's this very important moment where you have to be like, no, my own feeling about my own performance is not what matters right now. What matters is how that whole thing feels as a unit, as a band. And that's hard to do as a musician. But I think we've gotten to a place where we're now all recognizing and able to say like, yes, as a, as a unit, this is the best take. This is the best feeling, regardless of any individual one element. Jack, Ryan, thanks so much for breaking down the secret sauce behind the scary pockets magic. Thank you, Nate. Thank you for having us. So fun to do this with y'all. Okay, that was a very funkifying conversation, but we knew there was one more person we had to talk to in order to really understand the scary pockets process of transforming a pop hit into a viral funk cover. The person who is putting themselves out there raw with no vocal comping or auto-tune for the whole world to watch. We wanted to know how they do it, so Rihanna caught up with the singer behind the powerful vocals we've been listening to over and over again throughout this episode to hear their side of this unique creative endeavor. Hi, my name is Lizzie McAlpine. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician, person. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Sweet. So I guess, what is it like joining Scary Pockets as a guest vocalist? It's always so much fun. I think that Ryan and Jack are so talented. And it's it's such a warm environment and such a creative space that it's always really fun to get to be a part of it. Why did you agree to team up with them? I assume they contacted you or did you reach out to them? Yeah, well, I met Ryan through a mutual friend a while ago, like last summer, I think. And our mutual friend was like, you have to do this. You have to do a Scary Pockets thing with him. And I was like, I'm so down. I'd heard of them before. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then we did a video for Just the Two of Us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. 
um, and that was the first thing that we did together, and it was just so much fun, and I just like I just had a blast, and I now I just keep coming back over and over again. <laughs> was it daunting having the song change on the fly as you recorded it? Did you find it difficult? Is it something you're comfortable doing? Mm. I feel pretty comfortable changing things up musically, like on the fly. It's kind of fun. I knew, I mean, I always go into a Scary Pockets session knowing that the song is not going to sound anything like the original. So I, I kind of was a little bit prepared for that. But it was really fun to kind of go through the arrangement and pick out specific things to change and different chords and hits and all that stuff. And yeah, it was really fun. Is there anything specific that has stuck with you from those recordings? Like something you take back when you're working in the studio or when you're writing? Working with Ryan in general is just like, he just pushes me to think outside of the box. The choices that he makes on guitar, like chord-wise and harmony-wise and stuff, are just so unique and interesting, and I would never have thought to to go there. And I definitely have been thinking about that a lot recently while like writing a lot of my songs. I'm like, what would Ryan play here? Like, what would he, you know, I think about that a lot. As a vocalist on a cover song, how do you attack something like Staying Alive? Like, how do you add things that make it different from the original, the way that the instrumentalists improvise? Like, how do you attack vocally improvising on a song that already exists? Yeah, I do it pretty often because I used to cover a lot of stuff on Instagram and I would kind of, you know, change it up. I never want to cover a song and have it sound like the original. I think, what is the point of you covering it? If it sounds like the original, you know, you could just listen to the original. <laughs> and I say, oh, oh, there's nothing like your touch. So anytime I cover any song, I want to make it sound a little bit different. And I think with Staying Alive specifically, the arrangement was already so different that I didn't really have to change that much in the way that I approached the vocals. You know, I wanted to keep something consistent because I wanted people to have something to latch on to. And I mean, the I mean, for staying alive, I I sang, you know, the the original melody up until like the second verse. And then I the second verse, I kind of like to play around with like maybe a different like melody, maybe the notes go somewhere else and see what happens. Usually I'll, I'll just stick to the original melody, especially in Scary Pockets recording, because the arrangement is already so different. As somebody that used to do cover songs on Instagram and doing cover sessions with Scary Pockets, what do you consider a successful cover? I think just making it your own, like your own. I mean, like I said, I don't ever want to cover a song and have it sound like the original. I want it to sound like I am covering it. So I want it to sound like me in whatever way that is. I, I usually don't know what that means until I like have sat down with the song and kind of coming up with oh, the way that I would play it or the way that I would arrange it or sing it or whatever. And I think that is successful to me. I think if it sounds like who I am, then it was a success. So is the funk aspect of Scary Pocket Sessions challenging because it's it's a sort of genre that I assume from your work is sort of different than than what you do, you know? I love to experiment with genres. I love to do all of that stuff. So it's definitely not challenging. It's just more like exciting because I don't get to do that stuff very often. 
anytime I have the opportunity to do something that's different from what I am currently doing, I will always take it because I just think that by doing things that are outside of your comfort zone or that you're not used to doing it, it helps you grow as a musician. And I always want to be doing that. So anytime there's a chance to do something different, I will take it. The Scary Pockets formula is fun, funky, and simple. It's something any musician can learn, and everyone should really go hear it. So go check out Lizzie McAlpine on the newest Scary Pockets cover of Staying Alive on YouTube. Switched on Pop is produced by Rihanna Cruz, engineered by Brandon McFarland, edited by Jolie Myers. Community management is by Abby Barr, and our illustrations are by Iris Gottlieb. We're a production of Vulture and the Vox Media Podcast Network. Our executive producers are Nishat Kurwa and Hannah Rosen. I also want to give a shout out to Rachel McGowan for her help making this all happen. You can find more episodes of our show anywhere you get podcasts. I'm talking about the Apple Podcast app. I'm talking about Spotify. I'm talking about our website, switchedonpop.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at switchedonpop. And I want to know what Scary Pockets covers you're listening to. Tell us there. Finally, we've got a brand new episode coming up next week. And until then, thanks for listening. Support for Switched on Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you need more of my friend Sam Sanders in your life, then you'll want to check out his new pod called VibeCheck. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture, from foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup. Every Wednesday, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. It's like your favorite group chat come to life. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts.